Hey, hi. Oh, hi. It's Travis. And Kareem. <laughs> or Travis. Kravis. Kravis. And Kareem. Kareem. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Kareem Molina. Kareem Molina and Travelina. All right, so hi, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're back with a new episode of One Hit High Points. High Points. Um, today's topic is actually something funny. So, Travis and I, I would say, typically we try to just live our lives organically, and and if something comes to us, we record an episode, and if it doesn't, we don't force it because I don't want to see this as a job. I see this as like fun. It's a fun outlet of of you know expression and and just creativity in terms of trying to connect with other people yeah it's a relation i Um, I just never tried i never ever want to record an episode if i feel like it's forced it's it's not no we're not puppets i'm not i'm not talking about about something that i don't want to talk about that's just how i've always been If if it requires a deep conversation. I don't want to talk about it unless I literally want to talk about it in that moment. And at that point, I say, stop. Let's record. It's organic, you know? And that topic today is jobs. jobs. Yeah. <sighs> Why are we talking about jobs? Um, They're stressful. They're fun. Sometimes they're boring. Sometimes. I'm sorry, but I've never had a job that was fun. Yeah, right. That's why I refuse to see this as a job because whether or not this ever becomes a job, I refuse to ever see it as one. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, they're essential to life, you know, that we need them to survive. By whose means? Um, I guess the world's. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the world collectively gets jobs, but like, yeah. <laughs> That just made me feel like a scrub. No, I'm saying, like, do you ever think about a job? Like, it's such, it's a concept that is so natural to humanity, but it's also such a unspoken, like, confusion, right? Because people have different levels of jobs that validate their humanity in a sense, right? So it's like, why do the people that have lesser jobs want to even validate the importance of a job if they feel but where do they're think, only qualified for that job? But where do you think the concept of the job came from? It probably started... In, uh, no. The man-made concept of currency. I think it's, it's just how do you of, earn currency? How do how does someone... If we give out But I think it's cur- be, it goes beyond that. Like, it goes back to the point of time where you were good at this... And mm-hmm. I was good at this and the community that individuals lived in, you know, way before like medieval times. But you're talking like, about the borrow process then. Yeah. But, you were right, before. but that's where it all started is in people just did things that they were interested in and that they were good at. But if someone can, if I think capitalism without saying the word back then has always existed. It's like, how do you, how do you value your human life? How do you value your talents and abilities? Right. It's it's through something that a man has to say, well, this has to value something. My wood chip. When we were kids, we played with wood chips. Remember, every kid played with wood chips. I did not play with mulch. Wood chips. You played with mulch, wood chips. You 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 took a pile of mulch or wood chips and you said, this is my money. And you would play like little street games and say, I'll give you this amount of wood chips or mulch for this. Um, I did that with acorns. OK, well, it's something you found whatever you can use because <laughs> children, it's weird, right? This are this innate shared consciousness that was always existing amongst people, right? People, cavemen, learned how to build fires, right? They discovered fire, and at some point, humans 
50, 100 years later, learn just to in, in, simultaneously figure out how to like make a fire. Mm-hmm. It's the more humans develop as as a species, we have this innate shared consciousness. We we seem to have this sponge like like hard drive that stores data and knowledge and experiences that are very tactful to human existence that we have them passing through over and over again. And I say that because why do children like I immediately learn to know how to use currency and practice with currency and practice currency as a kid playing well, well even before store the concept register, of, like, you know children and you know you and i learning the, the the concept of currency it was more of like i remember as a, a child like you know we traded things you know i remember going to school and i come home with you know like a new lunchbox and my mom's like where did you get that from i'm like well I, I didn't want mine so i traded this and this for this you know like we were in the concept of early days of not being satisfied with our own belongings and wanting to something better. So what so, is that making to our species then? Do do we feel like we look for inanimate objects to fulfill an emptiness that is that void of development until we find a human being to fulfill that void because they add into our quality of life, fulfilling us finally so that as a child we develop what we actually want. Yeah, I think it's kind of related to, like, you know, our last episode on what we talked about on video games, on how we lived in these fantasy worlds and we we, we were trying to build a bigger community or had the, you know, the, the strongest armor. Like, we were after things that kind of help, in our minds, validate ourselves and make ourselves look better yeah. in some aspect. But now we're talking about the physical objects. You know, last time we were talking more on the virtual side, you know, like, at the early days of our childhood you know we we learn to essentially barter is on with our friends on oh i don't want this um ham and cheese sandwich but you know (laughs) can i have your peanut butter sandwich instead i'll also give you a grape you know like we did that in the lunchroom as kids see i never had that personal experience because i was very shy when it came to my food because i remember like everyone else had gushers and i was like well i don't have gushers and like i want that well, because... we had gushers a couple weeks ago so no i know i know <laughs> but shut up <laughs> they fucking slapped still those chemically <laughs> fucking created they're delicious like like fucking fake fruit rubber like and it always has a weird little juice in the middle of yeah. it and it's like it's, no honestly like talk about drugs but like gushers if like fully accessible to a human at all times how do you not value them they're so good imagine if they made edible like gushers like i know ed- look, that's dangerous that's dangerous because I, you, you would eat all of them you need a pack well if the pack was like a full dose you know like that's one thing but if you ate a pack and it was like one piece per dose i would be dead because you can't not especially if you're high off something else like if you're high on like a, taking a bong rip or smoking a joint or blunt and then you're like now getting the munchies and you open a fucking pack of like weed gushers you're gonna eat those fucking weed gushers and you're not eating just one so it's like stupid to dose it improperly but whatever jobs money money weed how do they relate (laughs) they all relate you get a job to make money so you can afford weed to live this life and there is the circle of life (laughs) it's the circle of life that's what we really are living for um jobs jobs suck jobs suck because 
sometimes people are only driven to work because they know the return is money that leads them to a comfortable life, but they're sacrificing the work life, which is still life, human mm-hmm. hours living to afford a life that is literally only a partial benefit vacation relaxation of what other person's dreams are. And I say that because even if you're own, your own boss in entrepreneurship, you're still buying into a system. Correct. And like it's really sick. You, it, it never you, ends. To break it down simple, it's like we work, we make money, and we work for ourselves or we work for somewhere else. Regardless, we're working. Yeah. Okay. And at the end of the day, where does all that money go? We're buying superficial things. We're buying into a system. We're, we're, we're yeah. buying, correct. We're buying superficial things. You're buying goods. You're buying a house. You're buying vacations. It's like when, it, whether it's, you're an entrepreneur, you're still a slave to a system. Correct. And at the end of the day, it all goes away. Yeah. So, regardless, what is the job really doing besides allowing us to essentially live in different capacities? <laughs> I believe that, like, Working and having a job, especially if you're unhappy, is basically just doing it. It's basically survival mode into the system. So picture yourself like into the system. You're basically surviving the best way you can to to feed into this system that tells you that you're invaluable to society. Your human canvas of a life, your spiritual being means nothing based off this man-made concept of work. Right. Because humans have, you know, I used to think about humans like we just populate. Right. We populate and populate. And I believe that there was like this idea of resources, like eating an apple off a tree or, you know, if you're into hunting, hunting a deer to survive, you know, using whatever resources you can to actually survive. But then it was like when humans overpopulate, I wonder if that idea of a job came from. Well, some are going to have to die and some are going to have to survive based off your willingness to survive, your capabilities to survive. And if you don't survive, right, you die. But as we started to populate more and more, we started having the natural empathy that is within us human beings saying, well, this person is not able to work the way I can and survive, which is aka hunting. You're not able to hunt a deer elephant i don't know so therefore you're now seen as lesser in the village you don't have that job but why did we start comparing that this job is superior or inferior to where i am because the capabilities of someone human population right we see that but some people if we're if villages and tribes started to see us populate right and in their minds, they believe that the, the herd of deer were limited, the herd of elephants, the herd of tigers, their, whatever it is. I'm saying herd of tigers as if that's a, a thing. No, they there's no herd of tigers. But they you know what I'm saying? A pack of tigers. Or not even. Roar. Or just like a, I don't know, a colony of ants, whatever. No, it, it, there's, limited, there's limited populations of things in the world, right? So if humans now are becoming a dominant species and they're hunting an animal down in their territory, they're starting to see the dwindling of deer, they now have to search farther and wider, right? Mm-hmm. There have to be a, a true hunter-gatherer. <laughs> well, some of it could be that, you know, at some point, you know, if you're a hunter or a farmer, all of a sudden food becomes abundant within your village. So all of a sudden that job is lesser because abundance goes up. So the demand of the job goes down because the supply is up. 
So really, I think a lot of it goes back to supply and demand. But then the, then there you go. The, the job is easier then. Right? The job but is you're easier. Still living, but you're still making a living, right? Because yeah. if, if a human said, I'll give you my but piece like, of deer for for you to work into my house and make a fire, I'll give you that deer me if you make me a fire because I, I'm tired. Whether you don't want to make the fire or not, maybe you have the supplies or not. I, I'm tired to make the fire I, I, or I don't have the supplies. Now someone makes you that fire, you give them a slice of deer meat. At the end of the day, there's always a source, a resource that then runs out or becomes limited. And a human then and, and has that a cycles, selfish nature. And that cycles over time. But a human becomes selfish. Think about it right now. Tell me there's not a time in your life that you had to supply something that you own, that you knew you were coming down to, that in somewhere inside of you, you were becoming like, like stingy about. You're like, mm. I don't, we, we, I don't want to eat that the best part of the, of the we, plate. We essentially start rationing things. Yeah, I don't oh, eat you know that what? best part it's of the like, plate. Well, there's two Reese cups here. I'm going to eat one now and <laughs> save one for you know two hours later. It never, I never <laughs> wait two hours. But in my mind, I always told myself I'm going to wait you know two hours and eat the other Reese cup. But do you ever have like something on your plate like? Like you eat a plate of food. Oh yeah, you, you want to ration know? it. You want yes. like you sit there and say, "Oh, I want this to be my last bite because this is a full, wonderful bite." But you get full towards the end, and like your favorite thing, you don't. You may eat it because you're like, "Fuck my my inner my inner gut that wants that is gonna fucking eat that, devour it." Mm-hmm. But you may never enjoy it the same way you would if you had to put it in your mouth initially. Do it's you, like we're selfish to ourselves. But, we're depriving ourselves because inner sabotage, inner selfish nature tells us save that piece of candy save that flavor by the time you get that to that very end you're wasting your your craving for it therefore your limited experience mm-hmm. is very much that and then you're like well i don't really want that piece now because well, I'm full. here's a question for you is is the first bite better than the last bite or is the last bite better than the first bite i'd say the first bite is is the best if it's a consistent taste it's a, if it's a consistent flavor or taste or overall aesthetic of of something, right? Like visualize it. You know, like sour shockers or something. I always remember loving. I loved every flavor. I loved the orange, the warheads. But no, sour shockers, warheads. Yes, yes. I loved all the flavors, but visually, I always liked the green wrapper because I loved green. It's my favorite color, so I'd always save it. So I'd always love green apple for the last. But when I would consume all the other flavors, even though I would save up my green, I would always be like sick or full to not eat it. And then I would most likely hand out the rest because I didn't want it anymore. Yeah, but that's a repetitive little taste like over and over. But I'm saying a generalization is that like even if I'm eating salmon, right? One of my favorite dishes, salmon, like steamed broccoli and like jasmine rice, right? I'd eat the jasmine rice. I would take chunks of the salmon, pick, pick through it. And I would eat, you know, like mashed potatoes or the broccoli. By the time I would get to the end of the dish, I would always finish my but, salmon, mind you. But, but are you an individual that finishes one portion, like all the broccoli first and then move to the rice? Then When it comes to things I love, yeah. Like when I would ration out things that you were saying, like when so I for really me, I've never enjoyed did that. something. I went. I like kind of go around the plate. I like a little broccoli here, then I want to taste a little salmon, and then a little rice, and then I move around in the circle. Then, you I'm, know. then I must be like some type of selfish glutton because no, i don't think so because or you might just have a favorite over the three but i do i always have the favorite there's the star there's, there's so like the the, it's one thing i always remember like with my dad it's like he sits there and all of a sudden like he, like say he doesn't like peas mm-hmm. he'll sit there and scarf down the peas because he doesn't want to look at them right 
I just find that like is that the same mindset? A sort sort of yeah. Because you're trying to savor something else. I that still you enjoy like? yes, a hundred percent. I still enjoy what the sides would be, but I always expect the prize piece to be like that center like entree, right? And if I eat that right away, then it makes me not want to look at the remaining sides it's and finish like, it. It's kinda like a Tootsie Pop. I How many to looks to the center of the Tootsie Pop? Well, yes. I went to a family event. <laughs> I mean, I never quite got to the end of the Tootsie Pop because I, at that point I got sick of the flavor or whatever. I was tired. Yeah, who truly has counted that? Seriously. Uh, I'm sure there's some kids that watch the commercial religiously when it first came out. And that if was anyone like knows an how many looks it thing. takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, let us know in the, the, the comments. Yeah, really, though. <laughs> but no, seriously. Like, I remember just being a kid and always remembering, like, wanting to just finish the main i mean not finish the main course because i was afraid of my parents yelling at me like finish the side dishes and i was like no like i didn't want to so i was always like if i eat this then maybe the centerpiece will make me like still hungry to like finish my meal and then therefore impressing or you know relieving everyone who thought i wasn't going to finish my meal and this sucks because as someone like me who struggled with eating eating in excess eating in in standard eating in general eating in front of people eating hot food i used to be stressed out when i knew that my favorite part of the dish was like the piece that if i finished i'd be okay with but then the side pieces would be the things that people would like criticize me on whether it being like elder family members cousins whatever do you find eating as a chore yeah, all the time, all the time, because... Are you an individual that, you know, typically would, like, just give me a pill and let me just eat that way and I don't want to deal yes. with it? Hell yes. One, I hate to know that I'm eating animals, because even though I understand that we need to eat animals, that animals eat animals, and, like, there's this whole, yes, philosophy on whether or not we should eat animals, I believe both sides, because it's hard. I want to, like, stand up for the animals, but then I know someone other animals going to eat it, but then it's like we're advanced mentally enough to not kill an animal in a horrible way but still technically eat it like there's so many different routes to justifying eating and not eating an animal but if i can just not rid myself of that guilt not even have to look at the visualization of eating raw meat meat or regular meat or cooked meat or whatever like it saddens me because it's disgusting i wish i can take a pill to relieve myself of that when i go hiking running not feeling that's like that feeling in my stomach where it's like fuck i'm hungry waking up in the middle of the night because i'm hungry not wanting to go to bed because i'm hungry things like that it's an inconvenience and i feel like my whole life my my relationship with food has always been a chore it's never been like something that i like wanted to go out with friends and sit down mm -hmm. and eat because it's like a luxury no it was always like get this out of the way and let's do something physical let's do something more wholesome sitting down and scarfing down hunting gathering type <laughs> methods of food like fruits vegetables meat like it was like you think about it like yeah we're technologically advanced but we're like still doing the same thing we're like hunting gathering to do the basic need yeah, of survival concepts yeah we're going to the, we're hunting the grocery stores and i eat pop tarts and i'm like bro like the process of making this to shut someone's stomach up like we're putting this garbage into our body to basically like these junk foods we're putting into our body to shut us up yeah. but there's like actual methods of eating real food right and even now we think about it it's like with jobs relating it back to jobs like basic necessity groceries sometimes are not even affordable with a job and that is the saddest thing yeah, like you may not even be able to survive situation you may not even be able to survive based off of 
you know, this work, this job, this proficiency that we maybe excel in still may not be able to require us a life worth surviving in or a quality of life or maybe not even being able to survive point blank. That's a scary logic to me. Especially on something that's very basic to survival, you know? I always tried to tell myself, it's like, okay, you make money, you get a, or you get a job, you make money, you afford survival. But it, it seems like this logical process, right? But it's not. It's really not. If you think about it, really break it down. Your survivability is based off of... of those around you that are trying to do the same thing and that's that's frightening as and a I population the, the the importance part there or the important part there is you know community on you know surrounding your yourself with other individuals you know that you know you can lean on or you you support each other and no because this is the thing we're tricked because think about it when back when humans were less populated we were having this very much like yeah, but the community mattered because if you were in a small little village, less population, and you had to rely on someone that did this, like you all you had hunted your... one buffalo, you hunted one buffalo, yeah, the, the, and that couldn't feed the entire family, village. But each family was not hunting a buffalo. No, but I'm telling you, a village right now. Correct. You only and hunted that... one buffalo. You were only a, a village of forty people. You hunted one buffalo. It can only feed technically twenty two people. Now you have to rationale. Right, okay. From that standpoint, yeah. From it's still happening, Travis. We are still. An overpopulated species, and because of that mentality that higher ups, powerful people have, they're willing to expend the lives of people as if they were a colony of ants. And this is why I say that this concept of a job, the concept of currency, despite being very, very, like, like integral to human life, it's also such a achilles heel of human life because we are so willing to not only worsen the quality of our lives by hurting someone else in the emotional aspect but we will do anything to survive and that that's a sad thought that we would do anything to survive and ruin our emotional quality of life by hurting other people's to to do better than them in terms of survivability where does it end like well it's, it's kind of like i've said before is that i think the downfall of humanity is capitalism Oh, 100%. Is, is it, you know, what is it? But what, what, what refinement is there to capitalism? Like, what can we take from capitalism, like elements of it, and then put it towards a new concept that actually works for a mass population of a species, i.e., I. humans that are the most quote unquote, you know, intelligent, evolved, cerebral, evolved species in the world or and, and on Earth like, that we know of? Yeah, it's how do you sustain, you know, humanity as well as, you know, how do you sustain the world and animals and everything else around you and it becomes... Without it being morally wrong, because we're all about morality, right, in the world. We're all about humans being moral with based religions and, and you know, companies working on human resources and this. But technically, what what do you, what do you consider, like, ethical and moral? Because... Within a job like environment, well, you're morality really... and ethics are based off of human definition. Yeah, I know that, but I'm saying like you're seeing, you know, and especially now, you're seeing people like wrongfully terminated for a variety of reasons, whether or not the company's able to make money to be able to sustain paying you versus like company guidelines of. Of even of customers disrespecting you and maybe even physically harming you, there's but, very there's very limited 
you know, reactions that you have in order to maintain a, you know, like rightful and um, what's that word called? Like, well, yeah, I think that's the unfortunate part is that you have companies with certain individuals that, you know, are become unethical and, you know, that then ends up impacting a bunch of other people's livelihoods whether it's indirect or direct, do they work for them or, you know, with the product that they're serving? And I think that's the, the part that's just like, I don't know, frustrating just because it's like, we're just out there to try to survive, but others are controlling us in different ways. <laughs> I don't know where I was going at that, but I, it, it, it <coughs> I think, I think what you're trying to say is that the value of your life is at the end of the day, solely, solely dependent on another human. And that's beautiful in theory, right? It's beautiful in theory because we're all connected. But the moment one decides to use capitalism, the idea of yeah, capitalism... Yeah, because we throw people under buses all the time. Like, the, if we, we all of a sudden become selfish and protect ourselves, whether it's our it. boss or whatever's going on. The seed of capitalism is evil, in my opinion. The seed of thinking that I deserve something more than you is evil. But how? How? With limited resources in a given area at one given time from the initial concept of capitalism... How do you validate it not being evil? And how do you how do you go through with it when you know that some are going to suffer? It is the saddest thing as a human being that loves people because I have five sisters, a brother. My, I had my mom, obviously, who passed. My dad, my two dogs. I have someone who's had multiple lives around me and learning how to ration and grow up eating shared amounts and learning how to share things in general. That's That's how I was raised. And I, in a lot of ways, I believe it's natural. If my mother was able to produce that many children i believe it's a natural thing that it can teach a family how to to so rationalize to be, and be fair to sustain and sustain themselves yes yeah. yes but how do you not cry eternally soulfully emotionally feeling damaged almost living this life knowing that there's other people that won't have what you have and vice versa it's such a sad concept and it's it goes into the theme of over overpopulation like do we feel as a species we're overpopulated and there's no way of sustaining those that in our species that are are going to suffer because we don't know how to control it it's yeah. scary it's sad i cry all the time and get so emotional all the time thinking about how some people even if i feel un have been unfortunate in my life like financially and all these other ways like i can't even imagine the way that some people other people have lived and it makes me cry and makes me feel humbled it makes me feel blessed and in the spiritual sense it's beautiful that i have that realization mm -hmm. in my humblings but I don't know that everyone else may feel that same gratitude. I feel like others may really truly suffer. Well, yeah, Even yeah, I it's, suffer, it's like, but I can learn from my suffering. I don't think that others will do yeah, the same. Yeah. Over time, they will. Maybe not as quick or as, as you but know. But suffering. People sometimes die in suffering. And they've never had a good quality of life. Correct. Then what? I'm, I feel sad 100%. and I feel truly heartbroken for those people. Like I do. You know, because they had a, you know, lack of better words, a, a rough time, a rough, you know, place on earth, you know, but to hopefully that it's, you know, they can see beyond that and that, you know, they yeah. find their riches in something else. It um, all, it all breaks my heart. At the end of the day, it all breaks my heart. I, as a species, I think that we have fundamentally created a way of surviving through, you know, skill sets and proficiencies. 
but mm-hmm. where do we draw the line from excelling in these proficiencies and talents that fulfill our human experience and our and our capabilities versus doing them solely based upon survivability and i think that dichotomy is very interesting because i see people that are very unhappy doing something they're ironically proficient in to survive versus people that maybe are doing something that they're proficient in that doesn't help them survive as much but they enjoy doing it so it continues their longevity and and ability to do so that that is so polarizing to me because it it seems like a contradictory of us being alive like Mm -hmm. it seems like it truly just flips everything upside down and it makes us feel like what do we choose what what is the right decision like do something unhappy but survive or do something that makes you happy but struggle to survive what what yeah, is right and, and wrong? And, and as children, I think from an early age, we're we're put under that stress immediately on what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, like that type of mentality, like it's just driven into our heads basically and, since that we're born. And that's the thing that binds all humans together is that question, because I don't think anyone has ever figured it out. And I don't think anyone will ever figure it out until either her energy passes on. And we figure out where our energy goes and, and see where that hard work and valley has gone to. And I think that that's the question I, I think we have our for our listeners is, you know, what do you what do you consider the value of human life? Like, what is human currency? Is it is it the man-made concept of currency that we use to validate our lives? Or do you think there's like a spiritual, a moral, uh, um, you know, Compass. like like logical currency to us like do you think that like true value is experiencing what the human experience is is and the true organic process or do you think that humans are allowed it to mutate you know or evolve this process of, of survivability and valuing our lives like you know i may not articulate myself well but i'm just trying to say like ugh, like i have it on there like no, I what, think what is it? Like, you're what is saying, it? Why are we but alive? But I think I think the answer is open ended. I, I think it, it, you know, what we value in life changes based on the individual. Yeah, and 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 at the end of the day, when we you know pass on from this earth, think more primitive you know, though. Think more primitive. Like the, like picture yourself primitive, as like a I think seed. Is what it is is I think it's about community and the relationships. I think that the soul of all of it, you know, like going back to Native Americans, that community and those tribes, they were together just to basically live and provide to the earth and you know as survive. like survive. And that's if you go back to the root of all of it, you know, original man, those type of things. It was all based on love and relations and you know survivability. It, it, there really wasn't money involved in that even though there was bartering and there was a farmer there was a doctor or, you know medicine maybe woman. we just all of humans are created through love because love or initial love confused of lust and and vice versa is what created another human and that's the cycle and maybe love produces survivability and maybe lust produces because at the end of the day the suffering j- the jobs that we have mm-hmm. today and the money that we make, regardless of the amount, is providing for something or someone within our lives. So it, it's still relationship-based that we're providing for, you know, our our spouse or our child or our pet or whatever. We're producing money to survive, to support the re- whatever that relationship is, you know, 
insert blank word, whatever, whatever, however you say that. But it's, so it's like, that's what we're providing for. We're providing for something that, that means something and that we love, I think, at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, we as a species have created concept concept of currency of of love value morality. No, I think love is so innately no, it's gifted not a currency to us. Of love. It's it's like this thing that we are all blessed with. It's a gift to love to feel loved is a gift. It's a absolute power on this earth. If you lead with love, I'm telling you, if you lead with love, true love, not lust, not selfishness, not desire and self-indulgence, not believing in your, your own God, if you fully live with love, I truly believe the payoff of making another feel, that same feeling is such a gift in itself. It's a reward it's a reward to feel like that love. Has... I think it's two parts. One is that <clears throat> you're saying the, the feeling of love, but I also think, you know, on the opposite, man is satisfied when they give love and that connection is full circle. 100%. So, oh, that's 100%. The oppo- so imagine the gift you're getting. It, it, it's a true gift when it's reciprocated, but like it's for me, it's a gift to even give it and know that I'm making someone else feel good, but to get it back reciprocated, oh. Uh, blessing blessing on earth that's what and that's what they mean when they say love truly is like god's truth it's god's language it's love and on that note to not get deeper into like this specific topic because i know we won't stop if i get into this topic we want to tie it all back into jobs and hope you guys know and listening that you know whether you're working in a job that's making you money that you're unhappy with versus a job that you're you know, happy with making less money, that there are different validations for for why you're doing either or. And you just have to live this life and find that balance and that moderation in whatever decision you make. Because if you go to either extreme, there is going to be a road of suffering somewhere throughout that journey for you. And it will be probably, you as you will probably go through that suffering no matter what, it'll be less than as long as you pursue what you ultimately think will make you more happy and and truly happy, not based off what other people think that you need to do, but truly what you feel you need to do. And you have to be true to yourself. You can't lie to yourself either. Yeah. Like that's, you know, a part of the happiness trail. It's why I never got the corporate positions that just kept going up that then capped because then I would support someone else's dream and I would never progress any further than that and i was afraid to ever think that i had a capping onto my success mm-hmm. based off of someone else's dream and what else what other rules they've created to cap me and i say that to give someone who's listening to this the idea that the human currency the concept of her currency the creation of currency does not value your life it does not value your choices it does not value your existence or how you treat others based off of just existing as a human, that human experience that everyone technically is able to feel that, you know, reactionary response of emotion that we are gifted to feel. And so ultimately is always going to bind us the exact same way, whether you're successful in currency or not, we're human and we're always going to feel at some point, the same thing you feel. And that is why you should always treat everyone equally. 
Sorry, but that's no. It's well said. Best way to put it. You know, you have to be true to yourself. You have to be happy within yourself. You have to figure that out. Whether whatever defines that. When you die, and if there's nothing actually after life, guess what? You're dead, and it meant nothing. And if there is life after, and you lived a shitty asshole life, and there's something after, good guess luck. what? <laughs> I don't want to even say good luck. I would say rip what you sow. Yeah. And on that note, love each other, love each other, be happy, be happy, and um, go go out and find some gushers. <laughs> go find some weed gushers. All right. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.